uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Warning all of you to brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Tell them, Robin. Holy superlatives, Batman. It's really exciting. Soon, very soon, Batman and I will be batapulting right out of your TV sets and onto your theater screens. That's right, Robin. Our first full-length motion picture feature in color opens a whole new world of thrills. <laughs> us more space on land, sea, and in the air to challenge the most bataclysmic collection of super criminals ever. Their minimum objective must be the entire world. And here are the dastardly villains, the Catwoman. You're going to see the perfect crime when I get Batman in my claws. The Joker. Have you heard this one? It'll kill you, Batman. <laughs> the Penguin. There are two eggs this wily bird is going to scramble. Batman and Robin. <laughs> the Riddler. Question. Who's going to make the feathers fly and knock Batman and Robin out of the sky? See, the new weapons in the Bat Arsenal combat the forces of evil. The Batcopter. The exploding, man-eating shark. Holy sardine! The relentless Megaton Magnet. The unholy quartet secret submarine. Fire one! Fire one! The Batboat, in action. The Deadly Disintegrator. The Attack on the Batcave. Holy hallucination! You'll blast through the skies on these mad, manned missiles. And you'll be with me, Robin, at the Bat Scanner, eavesdropping on Batman's romance. And you'll shudder at the death-dealing Polaris missiles. Brace yourself, Robin. This could be the end. And that's just a sample of the exciting exploits ahead in our first feature motion picture. Holy memoranda, folks. Make a note not to miss it. Good thinking, Robin. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base, G-1 
Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. On this episode of Planet 8, we're going to be talking about all things related to Batman. That's right, nothing says Happy Holidays like Bruce Wayne and his alter ego, Batman. So straight away, we're going to kick it up to the satellite. Karen, what memories, what shows, what comic books? What When you think Batman, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Wow, the first thing that comes to mind with Batman, that's, that's a really good question, Larry. But I guess if I'm being honest, I, uh, I have to go back to my childhood memories, which hmm. would include my brother Steve, my dear brother Steve. <laughs> and he had a Batman Halloween costume complete with utility belt. Oh, wow. Yes, it was uh, it was pretty impressive, let me say. <laughs> and uh, I had a smaller little Batman costume because I had to do everything he did. <laughs> and my Batman costume had this big mask. He had a cowl, so he had a, a you know cloth costume, and it huh. fit over his face. You could still see the bottom of his face. Uh-huh. I was like three years old, four years old, really small. And so I had the plastic mask, right, you know, yeah. that came in the box. You'd get the little box and you'd put on the little... Right, the uh, rubber band. And you the, know. the Ben Cooper yeah, costume, I, right? Yeah, exactly, Ben <laughs> yeah. Cooper. So it had this huge mask that, like, was much bigger than my head. <laughs> and so I, I looked like, you know, a little person. This is what we, the, the you know, the phrase you use now, I looked like a little person. And so... <laughs> For that Halloween, my one of my aunts was over to the, the house, and she was an older lady. And uh, my mom had us, me and my brother, stay in the hallway. And then she said, okay, you know, come on out and show your aunt. And we, we came out, and for whatever reason, seeing me kind of waddle out in my <laughs> ill-fitting suit with this giant head on terrified my aunt. And she jumped up, spilled her coffee, and went, ah, I ran in the other room. So that is like my earliest Batman memory, <laughs> which probably is not what you were expecting. Oh, God love you. I, that's one of mine now, too. But, uh, yeah, that's not what I normally think of as Batman. I think of the cool Cape Crusader and Kevin Conroy's voice from the animated series. But my earliest Batman memory is terrifying my, my aunt. And I still have a photo somewhere of me and my brother in our really very, very different Halloween costumes. I, I so. hope for the sake of this uh, podcast, you're able to find that photo and put it up on the <laughs> on the website. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will see if I can find it. Maybe it will sim- stimulate or simulate a uh, like, you know. <laughs> Different Earths, or, you know, multiple Earths Batman versions. Well, if you if you can't find the picture, just post one of Batmite and call it good. Oh, that would it would be perfect. Yeah. Oh, that is like that's great. That's a good way to start the podcast, uh, Mr. Chief Engineer. What what is when you think Batman? What what comes to mind? Well, thanks, old chum. <laughs> Obviously, my first exposure to Batman was the 1966 Batman TV show Mm. when I was like six years old. So I was like right in the perfect demographic, I think, for for that Batman. But uh, no, I mean, similar to Karen, I mean, we all played Batman. And I know there were these, uh, they were almost like a, a hard felt material that they, it was basically 
like a, a hat with Batman ears and it had a mask mm. oh. and it was just fit on top of your head. And then they did sell a plastic utility belt, which had like the bat cuffs and it had the batarang, mm -hmm. but these were all just kind of yep. hang off of it. You know, they wouldn't fold up neatly and go inside like Batman's do. <laughs> um, yeah. I always wondered how he like got that bat shield <laughs> yeah. out, but, <laughs> but yeah, so we would, we would get the mask, you'd get the utility belt, and then you'd have an old towel right. pinned around your neck for a cape, right? and you'd be running all over the neighborhood and beating up other kids and doing whatever, or getting beat up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was definitely, and of course, just Batmobiles and Bat toys. I mean, back at that time, they were saying that 1966 was the three Bs. It was Batman, Bond, and Beatles. Those were like the big ah. things back then. So yeah, Batman was was huge. I mean, just I think it hit just right for the kind of just entering the psychedelic '60s and all the colors and everything in the series <laughs> and all that. And it was quite the phenomenon back then. And um, then of course, you know, you didn't have all these grand Marvel movies and stuff. It was just right. you know. Batman was, it was exciting. I mean, the end of every episode, you had this big five minute fight with all the, you know, the word balloons popping up mm -hmm. on screen and everything. When you're a kid, I mean, that's huge. I also remember having the Neil Hefty album. Oh, yeah. Which had the oh, Batman yeah. theme and, uh, and the uh, municipal, Gotham City Municipal Swing Band, which was the, uh, for local people, was the Creature Features theme for a long time. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'd play that. Well, the one, the Batman theme song, I'd play that until the grooves wore out on that thing <laughs> while I'm beating up pillows and cushions in the front room and all that. But yeah, cool. that, was, that was Batman for me. I, you know, my earliest memory of Batman is the, the Batmobile from 66. Enjoyed the TV show. Uh, me and my cousin Pete, we'd put uh, towels on with... Um, you know, we'd pin it around our neck and that pin would always come off and poke us. But, you know, we'd jump off the <laughs> stairs and, uh, you know, go whatever uh, as Batman and Robin. The other thing that um, I remember vividly is the uh, superheroes, uh, the cartoon. Oh, Super yeah. Friends, Super Friends, Super I'm friends, sorry. Yeah. And Ted Knight's intro. I mean, to this day, <laughs> that to me has such gravitas. And, and it was, you know, the super friends and stuff. So you had Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman. But it was just Batman, Robin, and that Batmobile uh, between that and the TV show. Now, one of the things that kind of disappointed me a few years later, uh, they came out with, oh, what? It, it was like the League of Superheroes and it had the bad guys. And oh, yeah. The, yeah. Do you remember the name of that show, Walker, Bob? I, was it was they, a special. I don't remember what the name was, but I do. Adam West was in it. Burt Ward was in it. Yeah. I think was Frank Gorshin in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Walker, do you remember? Challenge of the Super Friends, maybe. Uh, the, exactly. Some of that. It had like the, it had Hawkman and stuff in it too, right? Yeah. Well, so yeah. the first episode or two was the two sides fighting each other and Solomon Grundy was in it and they had Shazam, Hawkman. Yeah. And then it devolved into like a Dean Martin roast. <laughs> right. And, right? Do you remember that, Karen? 
Yeah, maybe maybe it was Legends of the Super. Let me let me. I'm gonna take well, a quick look here. Yeah, I'm sorry to to on to, the satellite computer. Yeah, it's going off memory, but no, I'm I'm I remember it, but it's like I probably haven't seen it since and, it and first came on. But the, the thing that bugged me, I've seen pictures of it. Well, you know, since then we were talking earlier. Yeah, Legends, Legends of the Superheroes. Okay. 1979. Was wow. it 79? Wow. It's like I would have thought it was like early 70s. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I thought yeah. it was like 70. Well, anyway, so what, what, even to this day, oh, I'm sorry, we were talking about, you know, Disney Plus came out. So we have Shudder, we have Amazon, we have Netflix, all these streaming services. I have the DC universe. And so I was able to go in and watch some of these episodes. And what really bugs me is. Batman's cowl, the bottom of the cowl, in the 66 show, he tucked it into his Yeah, in this one, it flops around up yeah. above the cape, yeah. It just drives <laughs> me crazy. So I couldn't Adam, watch. Adam, tuck it in. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was my, my earliest. Um, I wonder if that was just something where Adam West thought it was more comfortable to do it that way or something. That's know, a I, great question. I, I would. And people just didn't want to go against Adam, but. Right. And there's no way to find out now, unfortunately. Mr. West has gone to that. Asper Ward. Yeah, well, can try. Um, moving on, though. Um, as far as Batman, the introduction, uh, Bob Kane and, oh, God. Bill Finger. Yes. Thank you, Walker. And, and, and Bill Finger really did not get the credit he deserved. No. He actually is really the one responsible for the the look of the Batman we all know and love. He is the King Kirby, uh, Jack Kirby of the Batman uh, book, Detective Comics. Um, and if anybody has that first issue, let us know. Well, Detective Twenty Seven. Twenty Seven. Thank you. When Batman appeared, yeah. God love you. Walker is our like comic guru connoisseur. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, Karen, why don't you take us into some of the comic book um, history with regards to Batman? Well, I mean, you know, Batman obviously is one of the early superheroes like Superman from uh, originating in, in 39 uh, in Detective Comics 27. Mm. Uh, got his own title, but continued in, in Detective, but got his own title, Batman, a year later in uh, 1940. And... Uh, you know, has had a, a number of uh, great artists and writers over the years and actually managed to weather the storm in the 50s of uh, Frederick Wortham and, and the seduction of the innocent uh, mm. trials and, you know, where they kind of went after superhero comics. He and Superman uh, really were able to kind of overcome the the uh, prejudice against superhero comics and, and ride that out. And, you know, there are a lot of really kind of funny and goofy uh, Batman stories in the fifties the and early sixties, the silver age comics. Uh, and, and I think that's sort of how we got sort of the lighthearted Batman that we saw in the, uh, the 66 series, you know, he was a little more uh, campy, but that was also part of the spirit of the sixties. But then uh, writers like uh, Danny O'Neill working with uh, Neil Adams, they went back to the roots of the character, which was really more the pulp comics or the, I mean, the pulp magazines back in the thirties, you know, the character had really been shaped by um, those pulp characters like the shadow, um, you know, 
he had a more mysterious, darker side to him originally in the comics. And so they they went back to that. And so in the 60s, you started to see Batman be more of a uh, have a more uh, darker side, late 60s, early 70s. And then you had um, people like Steve Englehart working with, uh, let's see, it was Marshall Rogers. Um, you know, and they introduced, uh, uh, actually Denny O'Neill introduced Ra's al Ghul. So they brought this whole side of Batman's story about him training, you know, learning all these secret arts and all this kind of stuff. And then, of course, you know, they kept that sort of Dark Knight persona. And then Frank Miller, of course, kind of blew mm-hmm. it up in the 80s with the Dark Knight Returns. And I think that's where we kind of got into this thing where everything DC put out after that was really focused on Batman being just this side of psychotic. <laughs> I think it was. Well, a I mean, yeah, everything took a dark touch. turn at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately they, people didn't see that, you know, that was sort of a story that was, you know, projected in like an alternate future that Frank Miller had taken it. And it was another deconstruction of superheroes similar to what, you know, Alan Moore uh, had done with Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, they just, they glommed onto it and then everything afterwards, you know, Batman became sort of this dark obsessed, you know, dare I say a hole, um, in the DC (laughs) universe, you know? So, uh, it was kind of an unfortunate turn, I think, but, but, you know, then you have other media, you know, where like, I, I love the Batman animated series, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. And, um, you know, he's, he's very different and much more like what I think we all think of as, as Batman, and of course, you know, there was in the comics introduced Robin uh, back in 1940. I did have to check my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had Batgirl in the um, in the mid 60s. And I think that I have to check. I think she just preceded the TV show, but I'd have to check and see if that was concurrent with the TV show. But, you know, and then Batman um, appeared in World's Finest with Superman. So right. they have a long history together. Um, and then, you know, he's just he's been a staple character for DC for years. And I, I imagine you could go anywhere in the world, you know, and show that picture and people would identify it. It's, right. it's an iconic character now, 80 years old. Well, kind of going back, what do you think was the reason for introducing Robin into the whole thing? Were they trying to appeal to kids or? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that may have been it. I've read a few different things. Um, one was that they did think that maybe he was just a little too rough and tumble, so they wanted to introduce more of a father figure bent to him. And then the other thing is that the, there was a sense back then that having a kid sidekick appealed to kids. It was the same reason for like having Bucky or Toro uh, with the Human Torch. Yeah, I was just um, I was just going to ask if. Did Robin predate Bucky or did Bucky predate Robin? Um, I'm pretty sure Robin predated Bucky. I think Cap didn't appear until 41. Okay. So I think he's the original sidekick, um, or at least superhero sidekick. I don't know about all the pulp characters. Well, I mean, you had things like Lone Ranger and Tonto whenever that came in and... Yeah, but they were adults, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know if any of the pulp characters had kid sidekicks. Or wards, as uh, wards. they're referred to. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing Frederick Wortham got very upset about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember uh, reading about that stuff. What was that? 
Um, cue in the listeners and me as well. Well, I think Karen would be better to uh, cue us into uh, that history. I, I know this uh, much. Well, so Frederick Wortham was a psychiatrist who wrote a book called Seduction of the Innocent, where he basically said that uh, comic books were really bad for children. It was destroying their psyche. And he pointed to a lot of different things in comics. Um, especially the EC books, which had a lot of gore and, you know, had a lot of oh, horror stories yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but then with the, with the superhero stories, he pointed to things like uh, Batman and Robin's relationship, which he said was, uh, well, you could probably figure out what he said about their relationship. Yeah. Um, and he had other things to point out in the superhero books that he thought were, you know, contributing to delinquency. So, uh, it was a, it was a hard time on comics in the fifties, you know, it, and it, uh, could have easily destroyed the whole, uh, comic book industry, but, you know, they managed to survive and thankfully, you know, right. they did because we got so many great things later on in the sixties from Marvel and DC as well. Well, all of that kind of led to the comics authority code, right? The comics yeah, authority I think code. It, it, yeah. Uh, what it did though, is it destroyed EC comics. I mean, there went all the gory horror um, comics yeah yeah um but anyway like karen said they survived batman superman um uh, getting back to the bat though it was interesting about batwoman because i wasn't sure if the tv show created her i mean i know they brought her in the third season to help in the Batgirl. ratings a bat girl sorry yeah. and uh and or the comic book. So that'll be interesting to figure out uh, which came first. Whose baby are you? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. I, and there were... They definitely, they wanted to appeal to, you know, more of the female crowd. I mean, the the ratings for Batman were kind of waning at that point. Yeah. No, no pun intended. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they brought Batgirl in to try to spruce things up. But it was also, the budgets dropped mm. a lot in that third season. And uh, you could even tell if you look at the first two seasons, sets, they have full sets and they're out on location and all that. In the third season, when they have sets, it's like set pieces against a black infinite background. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, it kind of hints at, you know, oh, this is a jury room or this is a, you know, whatever library. But yeah, you don't have the full walls. You just have, you just have like shelves or like a bookcase with a black background and that's supposed to look like a library. But, I mean, they had some good episodes in the third season. It was just, Lost in Space was the same way. They, they used a lot of those infinite backgrounds in the third Star season. Star Trek too, the third season. Yep. I mean, that's right. The budgets take a hit and then. Right. And wasn't there going to be a, a Batgirl show, I think? they. I'm sure they probably Karen considered you? it. I think but. they... They, they filmed the pilot, I thought, right? I, did I see that? I think you're right, yeah. Well, there was a Batgirl pilot that was part of introducing her to the third season of Batman. Okay. Because I know other than other than Batgirl, it was um, Kato and the Green Hornet mm -hmm. uh, were introduced through the Batman TV show, right? No, no. They had their TV show. Okay, so they Originally, just did like and then a crossover. They did a crossover uh. at one point, which Bruce Lee hated. Because hmm. Bruce Lee considered Batman and Robin comic book characters. What was Green Hornet? Well, Green Hornet and Kato were from a radio show. Uh. 
Okay. So he thought they were a little more legit. Mm. And of course, if you watch the Green Hornet, it's a lot more serious than Batman. It's not all campy like Batman mm. is. So, you know, yeah, he Bruce Lee felt it was a step down for the Green Hornet and Kato to go on to Batman. But that was like one of the most memorable episodes. I mean, that was huge yeah. back then. And still now. Well, you know, I, I was watching some Batman to, to kind of refresh my memory for this episode. And I forgot what the last episode was. So it turns out it was Minerva, Mayhem, and Millionaires starring Jaja Gabor. And right. what... A- Ava was busy over on Green Acres. <laughs> yeah, so... What... what um, and, and this makes sense with the uh, with the budgets. They probably tore the Batcave apart. Th- there was no scene in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. It hmm. was all in Minerva's uh, establishment or Commissioner Gordon's office. And then there was some stock footage of the Batmobile, you know, driving around. Right. But, um, yeah, they, they showed um, Batgirl, you know, her little cave jumping on her bike and stuff. But uh, and, and of interest, too. There was no cliffhanger ending. It was just like, okay, the commissioner takes Jaja by the arm gingerly and says, "You're going to jail, Jaja." And she's like, "Oh, that's okay, darling. I'll start a spa at Gotham Prison." And <laughs> that was it. That that's the last episode of Batman '66. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, anyway. back then, I mean, TV shows just usually just ended. There was never usually a, a final episode. Yeah, that's true. Just, I mean, well, that was the last one. We're done. You know, uh, Karen, did you watch Lost in Space a lot? You know, I remember seeing it uh, when it was in syndication, but I don't have a lot of memories. Of so, it. You know, I Lost in Space. They never got found in space. How did that um, end? You, what was the last episode? That's what I was gonna. I don't know. Was it was it the Great Vegetable Rebellion? Was that the last one? Or really? that was close to the last? Oh wow, that's funny. If that was the last but, one. Uh, no prize out there for any listeners yeah, who want to comment. Yeah, what's the last episode? But I mean, even you know, like or, or you Gilligan's Island, they never got off the island. I mean, there was never usually what? a final episode that wrapped everything up. And I think a lot of that was just basically so that when it went into syndication and you got to that final episode, they just go back to the first episode and go again. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a continual loop. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, this is the last episode. I don't have to watch anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. now we're back to the first one again. You know, yeah. So. What, what were you saying, well, Karen? Well, it was just TV back then was much more, you know, episodic. It was one, one and done episodes yeah, most yeah. of the time. They didn't have it wasn't serialized the way it is now. I mean, now it's mm. like if you miss an episode of a show and you go to the next episode, you're lost. You don't know what what's going on. And they didn't want that to happen, especially since they wanted to sell shows into syndication. I think the you know uh, back then the ones that were like a continual at least. The thread of a continual story would be like the invaders or uh, or the prisoner. I'm, I'm thinking but, too. Yeah, I mean that's a good point with regards to syndication. There is no real beginning. There is no real end. It's it's just, just a bunch of yeah. It's just a bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, huh. boom. I know that's one and of they the could reasons, also be played uh, in any order too. What's that, Karen? I was going to say, I know that's one of the reasons that they uh, gave Star Trek Deep Space Nine a hard time when. Oh. They wanted to go right. with the uh, the uh, Dominion War in the later seasons, and it was going to actually continue storylines from one episode to the next, not just have like a generic like, oh, we're at war kind of thing going on, but have 
you know, threads from one episode continue into the next episode and the next and the next because, uh, you know, the uh, uh, who was it Paramount or whoever was in control at that time said, well, then we're going to have a hard time syndicating it because most of these stations just want to throw on whatever episode. They don't want to have to figure out what sequence to put it on night after night. You know, they just want to throw anything in randomly and have it work. Um, because they weren't used to it back then, you know, in the, what was, it? I guess it was the nineties. Right. Uh, well, I mean, even going back to, to the sixties like and seventies, anything on. even going back to the sixties and seventies, you know, each episode was on a roll, a reel of 16 millimeter film. It wasn't like throwing a cartridge, throwing a tape. It was like, you know, grab a reel of film and put it on the projector and off you go. Huh. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure they were just grabbing reels off a shelf and throwing them on in any order. Isn't it uh, also, Walker, part of the problem with Deep Space Nine? They're, they're, we're not going to see it on Blu-ray because <clears throat> it wasn't film, Bob, but it was uh, no, just it was it was tape. standard definition video. They can't and they can't can't up blow it, it yeah. up or to no. to Blu-ray or to HD. So yeah, a lot of TV shows. But going back to Batman, though, <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say besides Batman '66, one of the things that uh, really attracted me to the character was the Super Friends, and we were I was telling Bob and Karen before we started recording it was Ted Knight uh, doing the announcing of the Super Friends, you know. Um, the Batman and Robin and the Batmobile obviously were part of the story, but it was a fun little cartoon uh, that would come on Saturday mornings back when Saturday mornings. Wasn't like, wasn't Robin voiced by Casey Kasem? Yes. 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 Yeah. Who also uh, voiced Shaggy yeah. from Scooby-Doo, no prize. Um, and then the other voice actors did a great job, but their names uh, eluded. And then Mark slash Ken slash Gotchaman in Battle of the Planets. He was his voice. Uh, Batman's? No. Casey Kasem was the voice of. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> Mark slash Ken slash Gotchaman, whoever, what do you want to call him from Battle of the Planets? He did the voice gotcha. for that. Gotcha. Um, so then after that, after Batman 66, after Super Friends, it was the Mego toys that uh, mm. really, um, uh, you know, one of the first figures that I got was Batman. And then for Christmas, I forget which year, um, I got the Batmobile. And, you know, in, in my mind's eye, when I remember it as a kid, it was like the, you know, George Barris filmed version of the Batmobile. I looked at it at a toy show that Mego Batmobile. There's nothing like it. Right? Nothing like it. So. Well, I actually have a picture. I'll send it to Karen for the episode. <laughs> of, I think it was like, it had to be Christmas of 66 or 67. Oh, wow. Where I'm there in my PJs holding up a Batmobile that I got for Christmas. Was it Corgi? Did Corgi ever release? Corgi did the small one. But I mean, this one okay. was like, this is probably about a foot, foot and a half oh, long. Oh, wow. Yeah. Impressive. So I'll, I'll try to dig up the picture, but... Hey, Karen, do you think Steve still has that utility belt? Or Well, <laughs> I will tell you, he, he no longer has the utility belt. Ah. Uh, but I did find the bat cuffs the <gasps> other day amongst a bunch of my stuff when I was moving. Um, I wish I still had the batarang, oh. but sadly, I think, I don't know, maybe the Riddler or Joker or somebody <laughs> made off with all the other stuff, but the batarangs are, are mine. Well, God, even thinking no, back not that, the batter, the bat cuffs. Even yeah. thinking back that long, remember those paratroopers? It'd be like an army guy with a vinyl, you know, it was like a final parachute or whatever. You'd yeah, yeah, throw yeah. Up you throw them up in the They air. had a Batman, I remember that. I had the had uh, Spock one. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, there was there was quite a few toys back then. I remember just mm-hmm. little plastic Batman toys and stuff. And, and I remember my cousin asking, "Why is Mister Spock?" Using a parachute. Why doesn't he just transport? <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Transporters broke. Yeah. Parachute down. Well, Which do you remember they, the... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you remember the um, the model kit for the uh, the 66 Batmobile? I, it was probably Aurora. I don't remember. Yeah, they had it. Aurora kits with Batman and Robin. I know that. Hmm. Yeah, and they had the Batmobile. And I remember there was little Batman and Robin figures seated figures you could put in it and uh it was a pretty sharp little kit but those decals it was always the problem with the yeah. decals on any of these kits trying to get those <laughs> decals on straight and they had the little yeah. red uh bat decals to put on the the uh, rims you know oh. for the tires man those were yeah and they decals. had uh especially the decals you had to like put in water a oh, pain in the butt oh, man. Man. Yes. and they'd stick together and yeah I end yes. up crying and throwing the model away out of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, there's uh, even, you know, going back to the whole Corgi thing. I mean, Corgi had uh, the Batmobile and the Batboat. Uh, yeah, I remember the yeah. Batboat. On the trailer. Yep, yep, on the hitch. Hey, what about... And the Black uh, Beauty from Green Hornet. The, other than the, the, the TV Batmobile, what about other favorite... Batmobiles, because I I know one of my other favorite Batmobiles is the one from the uh, the Batmobile that was shown in the animated uh, new. I think it was either New Adventures of Batman or Batman and Tarzan Adventure Hour. That, that <laughs> so was a pretty filmation, sleek. Then. Yeah, the filmation <laughs> series. That was a pretty sleek Batmobile. What do you guys do? You guys have any other favorite Batmobiles, either from the movies or cartoons or? You know, I, I like the one from the first movie, uh, the uh, Michael Keaton, yeah. Batman movie, that the never first one. Really attracted me too much. Uh, it was just this big, huge, light up Batman. I thought that was cool. I mean, you can't beat '66 in my book, but yeah, that if you had to, yeah, I did like that first one. Okay, all right. Uh, so, Karen, you you like the Tarzan Batman Hour Batmobile? You're going with the uh, Michael Keaton Bob right. Batmobile. Uh, besides 66, I love the uh, uh, Adventures of Batman, the the uh, animated Batmobile. And it mm. had that like 1950s kind of like right. souped up. That's yeah, just cool. Um, if I could if I could get one of those in, in real life, I probably would. Um, not so sure I'd get the, the although the Bat motorcycle was cool. From the TV show, and I'm not sure about the Batcopter. It didn't really look safe to me. So Jasmine's in the sidecar then? Jasmine have to be in the sidecar. Okay. Or or at home, as she is for most of these episodes. Love you, dear. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just don't like the really bulky look of most of the, the movie Batmobiles. I mean, they just make them look like these tanks. And my, my idea yeah. of Batman is he's in a sleek, fast car yeah you know i just want to see him driving something it doesn't have to be tiny or anything but it's it to me like he would take like a nice muscle car and modify it and it wouldn't be small but it would be like mid-sized but it's not going to be like a a hummer or something it's going to (laughs) be or the tumbler nice yeah it's just going to be fast you know and all these movie cars they just look gigantic and and just oh it's just overwrought to me 
I don't know. You know, it, it, you're right. I agree with you, Karen. And it's, it's been a number of years since I've watched the Michael Keaton Batman. So Michael Keaton was in one and two. Three, the third Batman film. And surprisingly, uh, my wife, Jazz, she knows each actor in each of the Batman films <laughs> and can name the villains. And I'm like, wow, OK, that, that's a cool little thing to have. But do you guys know, did they keep the Batmobile from the first movie throughout that? Uh, there were like five Batman films, I think, that were interconnected to that first. I think there were at least three different Batmobiles. Three, three different ones. Yeah, okay. I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really recall too much. I think um, they changed the Batmobile with each actor. Okay, well. You got the Keaton Batmobile, the Kilmer one, the, yeah, you know, whatever. Well, let me ask you guys this before we move forward with with Batman and and shows and and cartoons. What are some of the memorable villains and or actors who portrayed those villains either in TV or uh, in the movies? Uh, Let's go with you, Bob. Just off the top of your head. Well, again, I got to go back to 66. I mean, there are so many. I mean, back then, it's like every actor in Hollywood wanted to be on Batman. Right. You know, so... I mean, you had Frank Gorshin as a Riddler. You had, you know, John Astin as a Riddler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I prefer Frank Gorshin. Mm. But Cesar Romero was huge yeah. in films. And he he played Joker. And He was so big that he didn't have to shave his mustache. That's right. You can see his he mustache. Paint it over. <laughs> and uh, Burgess Meredith as a penguin. I wah, mean, wah, wah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Bookworm. That was what, what Roddy McDowell? Roddy McDowell, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lee Merriweather or Eartha Kitt or, you know, pick your pick your Catwoman. Well, you know, I, I mean, right. All the ladies who played Catwoman, uh, woman, women were uh, great. But Eartha, Quit, Eartha Kitt was like the second African-American woman who was in a major network television production uh, besides Nichelle Nichols. From Star Trek, yeah. so that was that. Well, was, I thought it was very interesting back then when Julie Newmar stopped playing Catwoman that they did replace her with a black actress. Yeah, for well, that time it was for that time pretty exactly. revolutionary. It was, yeah, um, so good on them. Um, and then it wasn't what till Halle Berry that another black actress played Catwoman. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying not to remember that. Yeah. How about you, Karen? What 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 do you think as far as villains? I mean, I, I, I'm sure you agree as I do with Bob. All those classic Caesar Romero, Burgess Meredith, uh, Batman '66 villains. Um, what say you? Um, you know, I guess because uh, I haven't really watched. You guys will shoot me. I haven't really watched the old Batman TV show much mm. since uh, since I was a kid. Um, I guess I was thinking a lot about both some of the comics and then I really, really love um, the Justice League cartoon series yeah. and the Batman animated show. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about those and I guess uh, Rachel Ghoul uh, is just such a really good villain for Batman because I, I always think of Batman as being the detective, the smart guy, you know, right. the guy who's always... Right. Like three steps ahead of everybody else, so I like to see him challenged on that sort of uh, mental level. But then I also like to see you know a good physical challenge for him too. So somebody like Killer Croc is kind of interesting, you know, when he gets 
uh, he has to go like down in the sewer and deal with somebody like Killer Croc. So that's kind of fun too. Um, and then uh, I guess more recently, because hmm, I'm I'm not reading the the current books, I have to admit. Um, but they had a, a storyline with uh, the Red Hood, mm. and uh, that was a really good uh, character. I don't want to say much, even though I know it's well. That was made now. into one of the animated features, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know, I really in, used to enjoy the DC animated features, mm-hmm. but I can't watch them anymore because they just have so much gratuitous violence. Um, it, they're just like over the top now. I just can't. I can't watch them, but uh, they used to be really good. Uh, so yeah, I guess I, some of the characters I like. Oh, and I, I like Mister Freeze a lot. I think that that character has a lot of depth. To him. So who's your um, who's your favorite Mr. Freeze then? Is um, it Arnold? Oh, <laughs> the, oh God. You know I love Arnold. <laughs> that was not his best role. Let's just no. put it that way. I love, love, love Arnold, but not his best role. I like the one in the Batman animated series and I'm trying to remember if it was uh was it Michael Ansara who voiced uh, I, Mr. Freeze? I believe so, and I agree with you, Walker. That is just a damn good story. Um, he's just so sad, you know, it's, uh, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I think it was Michael Ansar. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Karen. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, that's it for me. Okay. Well, um, I like that Mr. Freeze version as well. I, I just, it took me back. I hadn't thought about it for a while. Um, you know, and I, I cry easy, and, and I definitely shed a tear watching that episode. I'm, I'm not going to make any apologies. I enjoyed Batman versus Superman. Make all the Martha jokes you want to make. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't care for Lex Luthor that much. Uh, and it's a shame that, that uh, Batfleck is not going to be able to play the Batman in any future projects. I would have loved to have seen him go up against... Uh, a Mr. Freeze or, you know, someone like that. That being said, Jack Nicholson. I liked his version of the the Joker. Nothing redeeming about the character whatsoever. Um, I, Walker, I know you didn't uh, see the Joker movie, but uh, that I thought that was a good representation of the Joker. Um, it was interesting watching the film about the Joker without a Batman involved in the film um other than that uh god my my memory fails me the um mr freeze in in 66 batman oh it was what otto preminger yeah Yeah. i just loved his uh, you know what what do the french say that je ne sais quoi about him he just he worked for me he was arrogant um he was funny I, i like his accent um, that worked very well for me. It was a shame that we haven't seen like a really good version of like Solomon Grundy. I mean, they had mm-hmm. him. I guess we can transition into Gotham. They had a version of Solomon. Right. Uh, right it was Butch, the character yeah, Butch. of Butch. Yeah. Yeah. Karen, did you watch Gotham at all? Or, or you didn't really I did get into not. That? So. You two will have to carry the uh, weight for Gotham. Well, I, I, I watched it up to the third season, and then I, I just kind of fell out of it. I know Bob 
You, oh, I watched the whole thing. You, you I, it was good. The last se- you got to watch the last season because they were just throwing everything but the kitchen sink into that thing. Really? In fact, there was one scene that I just my jaw dropped because uh, the Riddler was captured, uh-huh. right? And he's in this chair, and he's actually hooked up to this truck battery, and they're going to electrocute him. <laughs> and there's this like old lady uh-huh. that's like trying to ask him questions. And she, they've got she's got her two kind of hick sons uh-huh. in the in the trying to you know rig up this battery, and I looked at it. I'm like, I, that's Ma Parker and her boys. And it you know they never they called her Ma at one point, yeah. but they never said you know said Ma Parker or yeah, anything. Yeah. But you could it was like and it was just a maybe ten minute scene in an episode. Uh-huh. But it's like yeah, they even went as far as to put Ma Parker and her boys in there. Huh. And Ma Parker was originally played by. Uh, 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 Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, yeah, so he, she even showed up in Gotham. And like I say, in that last in that last series, season, they just kind of every episode you'd watch, they'd throw in some other, you know, villain that you just had. No, you know, whether it's a villain from the old series or on the comic books or whatever. Yeah. Anything that you wouldn't expect would just kind of show up. I um. I, I enjoyed the actor who played Alfred. I thought that relationship with the young Bruce Wayne was really good. And Alfred was almost like an MI6 operative or something. Well, there was a series, what, a Pennyworth coming out, right? That uh, Yeah. Is that it, out already? I can't, that he was, you know, he's supposed to be MI6 and all that. Is that series out? Or, it's not on network television, It was on, like, though. Epic, another pay-per-thing yeah. channel. But I think it was, like, Epic or something. Yeah, I also like the guy that played the Joker um, uh, in in Gotham, and then oh, he was really good. But then it was always is he or isn't he for most of the yeah, and and, and then the last very last episode was like the uh, quote Batman episode, yeah, where that's Bruce right. comes back, returns, and he's in full bat outfit right. and all that. And they only showed like brief, you know, glimpses of him, but but the Joker was. I think from like some later comics or something where he's like bald, his hair's falling out and he's all, you <laughs> wow. know, cause he had fallen in that vat of chemicals. Yeah. Right. And instead of just turning white, he was like pretty much decomposing at that point. Oh yeah. It was, that's an interesting, take. interesting. No, yeah, I, I, uh, I fell out of it. Um, let me ask you, uh, Karen, what was it that you just didn't think Gotham was going to work for you? Because I don't have a lot of interest in watching a show about Batman that doesn't feature Batman. Ah. So you probably <laughs> didn't watch Smallville either, right? I did watch Smallville. Um, you know, with mixed feelings about that. Um, but the thing that I kept noticing about Gotham was, like you were talking about, it's like, oh, is it the Joker? Isn't it? Is he? Is he? Um some of the things that didn't make a lot of sense to me was just peripherally reading some news about it, that some of these characters like Penguin and others would show up and it's like, well, are they like 30 years older than Batman? How is this going to work out when he grows up? I mean, it just, I don't know. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, to be honest. Well, I thought that was another reason why it was good. They made Joker pretty much his, his same age. Kind of sort of. It was, it was of. kind that, of a good dynamic. It, it was kind them. of the sad, demented youth of yeah. Gotham. Um, and then Catwoman as well. Selena Kyle, she was like his age. 
Yeah. And that, but yeah, Penguin was older. Riddler was older. Well, let, let me ask you guys this moving forward. Uh, who's excited about the Batwoman series? I've watched it so far. Oh, it's out already? It's out, yeah. Whoops. Yeah, you missed what? Four episodes, five episodes? Oh, now? my goodness. Yeah, because she's going to be in the big crisis of Infinite Worlds or whatever. Right, right. Crossover thing. I know about the crisis. Karen, yeah. have you watched Batwoman? Did you know Batwoman was out? Well, I knew Batwoman was out. I've dropped off on my CW watching because I, while I, while I have enjoyed the shows in the past, I've kind of felt like this, the last few seasons were very repetitious and I just didn't feel like I was getting much out of them. That being said, I'm going to tune in for the crisis because that looks fun. That does now, look fun. Now as, I have been. As, as far as the Batwoman series, I don't think that actress can act. I've seen her in other things. She's a model turned actress and she can't act. Okay. So I don't have a lot of interest in it. <laughs> it's actually been pretty interesting. It's, you know, it took a couple episodes to kind of get his footing, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, it has potential. Um, yeah, I watched that and then Flash and uh, Supergirl, but never got into Legends of Tomorrow and I never really got into Arrow either, except for I once in a while when Barry that. Allen would show up in it or something. But right. Right. Uh, well, let know, me, oh, go ahead, Karen. I, I just, I think one of the things, as much as I did enjoy like Flash and Supergirl, um, the thing that just kind of annoys me is like they just kind of made this blanket decision like we're not going to have Batman on TV. So they sort of turned Arrow into Batman, basically. Yeah. And then they make some references here and there. And they even have Superman show up. In yes. Supergirl, and it, it's not the actor who plays Superman in the movies, so they can do that. But they just like, no, we're not going to have Batman on TV. And it just seems kind of arbitrary. Well, so, I mean, basically, Batwoman is filling in for Batman. Batman's like yes. missing in that series. But there's rumor that he's going to show up at some point. If it if it doesn't get canceled before then. <laughs> yeah. It's not I just don't, I just great, don't know but, why they... They they just dance around Batman so much like it's it's not like well, he's th- God people. I think I they know. save him for the movies basically. Yeah, but I, he's the I big he's the Karen. big screen guy. Superman was a big screen guy, but somehow they worked him into uh, Supergirl, and it's really kind of a kind of a pale Batman. I mean, I as Superman, I mean, it's not uh, it's not like. You don't look at him and go, oh, yeah, that's Superman. Batman know? showed up in the end of Gotham for like five minutes or whatever. So he can, you know, they, they can put Batman on the. They just choose not to. Yeah, but they're not going to make a series of Batman because they're saving him for the movies. Make a series about everyone else in the Batman universe, yeah. though. Well, <laughs> apparently, though, he can show up on the DC channel in the Teen Titans show to be a mass murderer or whatever they oh, decided right. he is. You know... Did you want? Do you have DC Universe? I don't have it. I mean, was he actually in the episode much, or just kind of flashes here and there? Uh, It was more like flashes. See, I I don't think they're going to do anything where, you know, he's a meaty part of any episode. He's, you know, I. It sounds like for the next season he will be. It well, right. We'll we'll see. I I stopped watching that show though. Was it Young Justice or? uh, What's it called? Titans, Karen? Titans. Titans, yeah. Titans, yeah. I, you know, I, I, 
stopped watching because it, yeah, again, it's DC decides with their media to go this really ultra. There's nothing heroic in it. It's just ultra violent. When they when they ask uh, what's his face something about Batman and he drops the f bomb, f Batman, and it's like, come on, kid, really? I mean, you know. Well, that's uh, Dick Grayson, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's kind of why I enjoy Supergirl because it's lighter and. She enjoys being Supergirl. She doesn't like, you know, she doesn't have all the angst and everything that all the other heroes have. And, you know, she's ready to just put on the uniform and jump out there and save people. And that's kind of, you know, that's the Superman. That's why I think when I think of Superman, I don't think of Superman, you know, as regretting being Superman or having problems with being an alien or whatever. It's just he wants to go save people and he puts on the tights and off he goes, you know. Well, I think that gets right. back to Karen's point Inherently where they good. don't have... Yeah, exactly. They don't have to portray Batman in the light that they do for whatever reason they chose. To, there was this great... and Karen, maybe you know the name of the episode or Bob with the um, Justice League animated series and they go to um, uh, fight uh, Darkseid. And um, for whatever reason, Clark is like, to heck with it, I'm going to kill Darkseid. And Batman stops him, and and there's this conversation like Bruce, get away, and he's like, no, you know, Clark, you cannot do this. You represent something, and you know this whole like, mm. you know, conversation where he wouldn't let, and he closes the portal, and Superman can't kill Darkseid, and, and, and they were pissed, right? You remember that episode, Karen? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is they, I think they've lost sight of what. Batman's supposed to represent. Right. Just like the idea of like, oh yeah, Batman would use a gun and shoot people and kill people. No, mm. his parents were killed by a guy with a gun. Exactly. There's a reason he doesn't carry a gun. You know, there's just certain innate things about the character. Yeah. He's he's out there to protect people from bad guys. He's not out there to just take his vengeance on people. And I don't know, it just bothers me that they've sort of turned him into this uh, psychopathic Mm-hmm. super obsessed you know jerk who treats people like tools and uh yeah it's it's just a horrible misrepresentation of the character well, I, mean, I mean i, I much prefer like you look at the batman animated series he's a hard case he's difficult yeah. but he's a good person basically right right well i think when his parents were killed there was like a fork in the road and depending on who wrote Batman or whatever, he's taken both forks. Like one fork is, I'm not going to let this happen to anyone else. And he get, and he starts fighting crime. And the other fork is taking vengeance and going out there and psychotically, you know, going after the villains. So, yeah, it really depends on what fork he's, you're going down. Right. You know. Well, and DC's made that decision so far with the character. Um, you know, we could probably talk longer and... Someday we will about Batman, but we're coming towards the end of the episode here. But now um, we haven't we haven't even talked about the Brave and the Bold yet. Wow, I was going to say oh, we need to say yeah. something about the Brave and the Bold. <laughs> Yours truly hasn't seen that series, but uh, Bob and Karen have. And um, why don't you, Bob, start us off with the Brave and the Bold? What is it about that series you like? Well. I mentioned like before the episode seeing the first Bruce Tim episode mm-hmm. at WonderCon in Oakland and it was uh, the first one they Bruce Tim was there and he brought the episode with Batman versus the Man Bat 
And yeah, I was like, wow, this is all dark and, mm-hmm. you know, gloomy and Batman and whatever. And I think a lot of the series took that slant. Well, suddenly Brave and the Bold came out and he's back in gray and blue and it's a lighter tone. And, you know, I just, what really hooked me was the fact that Batman teamed up with Space Ghost. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like, you know, this is like huge for a kid <laughs> and the kid in me. But, um, yeah, I mean, that the whole series just had great episodes. There's one, I think it was with, with Clock King where Robin comes back and mm. he and Batman and Robin are fighting Clock King. And there's just little parts where like, you know, he gets out the bat cycle and he tells Robin to get in the sidecar and he goes, I hate the sidecar. I never liked the sidecar, you know, and things like that. And it's, it was just a fun series. I thought I ended up fun with, yeah, I just said, I I didn't watch it as it was on, but I ended up just by buying the DVDs as they came out. And so I got the whole series on DVD and I was following it that way. And I thought it was a lot of fun, you know, instead of your basically, you know, serious Batman. What about you, Karen? What was it about uh, that series that, that kind of made you want to watch it? Oh, yeah, I like it, too. I it's, I still think I, my favorite Batman is uh, the animated series. But I thought the cool thing about that was him teaming up with different characters. They really pulled a lot of different characters across the DC universe. Um, I think there was even Legion of Superheroes at one point. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you know, crazy characters like Metamorpho. So it's a lot of fun to see those different characters and see Batman interacting with them. And what it really reminded me of was those old Batman comics I would read that my my, uh, uncle had from like the early 60s. You know, they're like, you'd get those Batman annuals and it would be like, why is Batman wearing, you know, rainbow costumes? Or why is Batman (laughs) talking to aliens? Or, you know just like these really outlandish stories. So it's, it really harkened back to a, an earlier time. So yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of like Marvel kinda, team up with Batman. Yeah. Huh. Well, which were the brave and bold comics always were too, you know, he had his own, t- God, he had so many books at one point, you know, he had brave and bold, which was his Marvel team up and he had detective and Batman. Then for a few years, there was Batman family, which, I think mostly featured like Robin and Batgirl, but maybe he was in it too. So he was, he was rocking a lot of books for a while. Interesting. Well, uh, so before we close out and go to our censor sweep, Karen, uh, and then I'll, I'll kick it over to Bob after Karen, the new, the, the talk of the new Batman film so far, what do you think of the casting? Yay or nay? You know, my my knee-jerk reaction was negative, but then I thought to myself, you know what? When I first heard about uh, Michael Keaton mm-hmm. being cast in Batman, I was like, oh, no. And that turned out, you know, to be a good movie at the time. So I, I want to hold on and not make any snap judgments. You know, hopefully we'll get a, a good Batman movie. I have to be honest and say I really haven't found any of the Batman movies to be my Batman. I want to see, you know, that super smart detective hmm. who's also, you know, the martial artist and all that and somebody who is not a raving lunatic. So I guess we'll see <laughs> what direction they go. So I'm I'm trying to just, you know, not not make a lot of uh, judgment on it yet. Okay. Sounds good. What about you, Bob? I haven't paid too much attention, but 
I mean, I agree they kind of need to go back to a younger Batman now. Because Ben Affleck basically was playing, you know, the, the Geritol Batman. I mean, he was he, like, he you was, know, right. towards the end of his career. And, you know, if you're going to reboot the series or the movies once again, you at least need to make him young enough that, you know, he could stick around for a while and you could see him doing this for, for years and not, you know, will he be too old to play him in the next movie, you know? Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping they take, I mean, I have no idea what they're going to, how they're going to portray Batman or if they're going to go dark or if they're going to lighten him up at all or, I mean, who knows? I mean, DC's basically, they're so schizophrenic in their movies that they, <laughs> they, you know, one time, you know, they'll go Green Lantern and go all humorous and then right. they'll come back and say, well, that didn't work. So no more jokes. And then they go dead serious and then they bring Josh Whedon in to clean up a movie and there's humor again. And then, you know, it's like. Yeah. There's not like a single Kevin Feige vision or anything. It's just, all right, well, that didn't work. Let's try this now. Right, you know? right. So hopefully they'll hit on something good. I thought Wonder Woman was good. I th I even enjoyed Aquaman. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what they do with Batman, you know, if they can revive him or not. Well, uh, I will say personally, I keep an open mind. Not my favorite actor in the world, but... Not my least favorite actor either. That would be Tom Cruise, but that's another <laughs> story. <laughs> Wasn't he up for Batman at one another time? Another time. I think he was I'm, up for Spider-Man once. I'm sure, yeah. He's up for half of Batman. <laughs> he was up that's for so Spider-Man. He was up for Speed Racer. He was up for yeah, well, he's, uh, you know, quite Tom a few Cruise roles. Tom Cruise up for everything. So. Um, he just never gets them. We'll see who's going to play Tom Cruise in his life story, though. Uh, okay, so on that note... Uh, it's time for our censor sweep, and this uh, episode censor sweep will uh, be going to Walker. Karen, what do you have to share with us on this episode? Larry, I have something I think is really neat to share with everybody. Uh, I have a board game called Horrified. Mm. Now, this is uh, by a company called Ravensburger, and what's really cool about this, this is a board game where the players team up to fight off the universal monsters. Ah. Um, yeah, it is really, really cool. I will put some pictures in the post. Uh, the board is basically a, uh, a map, and it has all sorts of neat locations like a laboratory, um, graveyard, church, and all kinds of spots. And uh, essentially what you do is... Uh, you you team up as different characters to prevent different monsters like Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the creature, the Wolfman, uh, I think Mummy, um, the Bride of Frankenstein. Let's see, have I left anybody else out? Cool. I think that's it. Uh, to stop them from you know engaging in whatever nefarious acts they're doing in this this uh, this town. Uh, so you get little plastic pieces that look like the monsters, and there's a lot of uh, beautiful – it's a really beautifully designed game. There's some cards and uh, dice and other neat stuff, and uh, I have not played it yet. I'm looking forward to playing it soon. But uh, this is a, a game that uh, I got from Amazon, but I also have seen it in Target, so it's not – Yeah, I got mine at Target. Oh, cool. Okay. So uh, anyway, yeah, if you're into the monsters and who isn't, uh, right. this might be a really fun game that you could play with your friends. So uh, 
Well, I uh, highly recommend it. So, some point in time, you, I, and Bob will have to Skype each other as we play the virtual <laughs> play a virtual horrified three. game. Yeah, who knows? I, Maybe we we'll do a Facebook make live a special video podcast. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. I you sold me on it, Karen. I mean, when you talked about it, I'd seen it at Barnes and Noble, and I was like, eh. Um, but I remember how excited you were when you got it, so I had to pick up a copy of it too. Thank you very much for sharing that with us, uh, Karen. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Batmobile lost its wheel and the Joker got away. Hey! Batman to the rescue Batman to the rescue Batman to the rescue Swing on Batman Swing on Batman Batman on a roof of top Four stories that he had to drop Saw a lady she was in distress Freezer, a Batman to the rescue. Swing on.